Anyways, praise the Lord. I'm excited to share with you this morning um, what the Lord's going to put on my heart to talk through this week. Uh, it's a little a little different than what I was talking about last week, but it's a, it's an important message. So I want to ask all of you, uh, and I'm, I'm sure all of us would raise our hand, but have you ever said something you regretted? Uh, yes, everybody, everybody's hand should probably go up, uh, I, my hand included. Um, it could be to a friend, maybe your spouse. Uh, I know that's happened far too many times uh, in my marriage, and I'm sure it will continue to happen. Uh, a family member, you say something, and you instantly say it, and you're like, no, get back in there, right? You say things that you regret. All of us do it, right? We're, we're human beings. We say things that maybe we shouldn't say, uh, but inevitably we're carnal beings. We say things, and usually there's some cleanup after that. So when you do those things, how have you felt? How has it made you feel? You don't have to share, but I'll share how it makes me feel. Usually in those moments, I go, what did I just do? How am I going to clean this up? What does that look like? You know, I've worked in the uh, retail world for almost 18 years, uh, which is crazy to think, but I've worked in a number of different roles and a number of different Target stores, and the people that you interact with is very interesting. You could say one thing to one person, and they would interpret it one way. And you could say the same thing to another person, and they would interpret it one way. Same, same thing that you're saying, but based on who is receiving the message, will receive it in different ways. I could say the one thing to my wife, and she could take it one way. I could say another thing to my mom, and she would take it another way. That's just how human beings work. We compartmentalize, we hear things based off of history, based off what we've been taught, based on different things that have happened. Usually when we say things that we regret, though, it often makes us feel good in the moment, especially when stewing over something, right? I'll never forget. Shereen and I, you know, there's th certain things that, you know, over when you're first married, you're like, why do they do that? Why do they do that? In one moment, you're going to just correct it. You're going to say, can you not do that? Can you not, whatever it is, put the toilet paper where it comes off the bottom instead of the top? You know what I'm talking about, right? And in the moment, you're like, good, I corrected it. And then after the fact, you're like, why in the world did I say that? Why did I say that? I should never have said that, right? It just created more problems that now you have to deal with. Instead of just dealing with it, and maybe in a loving way, polite way, hey, let's talk, let's talk through this. But if you say it in a spiteful way, would you not leave your garbage in my car? Probably not going to be received really well, right? So there's power in the words that we say. There's power in the tongue. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, because I think it's a very pertinent message for all of us myself included, so I'm going to be preaching to myself as I'm sharing this, but I think it's important for us to, to ground ourselves in what the Word says about how, as Christians, we should be able to control our tongue. We should be able to control our tongue. So we're going to start in, verse, uh, in Proverbs uh, chapter 18, verse 21. We'll have it on the screen, but feel free, if you've got your Bible, turn there as well. Proverbs chapter 18, Verse 21, Proverbs 18, verse 21, <clears throat> it says, 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life. Think about that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What does that mean? Those are two very extremes, right? When you're born, you're given life. When you die, it's death, right? Two very extremes. Like there's, there's no gray there. Death and life. Think about that for a moment. What does that mean? What does that mean that death and life are in the power of the tongue? Do you remember the phrase, probably, you maybe even said this as a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I know I said that as a kid all the time. It is the furthest thing from the truth than anything. Like It is a false statement. Yes, sticks and stones will hurt you, but so will words. So will words. I'm sure each of you can think back on a moment in your life, either from somebody you respected, a parent, somebody, that has said something that has left a lasting impact on you. In a positive and in a negative way, right? I think of, there was, um, I was in high school, and our, I grew up in Ellsworth, so super small town, 3,000 people. We didn't have a radio station in town, but Red Wing did. And every other Tuesday, I got the opportunity to call into the radio station and share what was happening at Ellsworth High School. It was so cool. My sister did it when she was in high school, and I wanted to do this so bad. I was like, this is so cool. I'm one of two kids that get to represent the high school. We were only a high school of like 500 people, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But for me, it was. And I remember the moment that the teacher that led that program came to me and asked me to do it. Because, hey, you're a great student. It built me up. I was like, yeah, I got this. I can do it. Because of that, I actually went to school for journalism and enjoyed it. But had I, had I never been asked, had I never been encouraged, had I never been given the words to say, we want you to do this, it never would have happened. And I'm sure you can think of other times in your own life where maybe you were considering a career change or you're considering something and somebody that is wise or cares about you or you care their opinion comes to you and says, hey, you can do it. I believe in you. And it gives you the strength to go after that dream or to go after that career. But on the flip side, you've probably also had people that said, you're not qualified to do that. Maybe it's a job interview that you were like, I'm going after this job. I'm going to do it. You go through the interview process and you get the feedback. Hey, we went with another candidate because you're just not, you didn't interview well enough. You're not qualified enough for this job. You're not good enough for this job. Those words, if you allow them to, can take root and start to define you. So you can have words that bring life, that bring encouragement, that, that propel us forward. And you can have words that do the opposite that tear you down, and that can slow you down. And unfortunately, typically, it's the people that are closest to us that hurt us. That's how it goes. The people you're most comfortable with, those are the people, we were actually talking about this yesterday, uh, amongst the men, the people that you're closest with are the ones that you have a tendency to be vulnerable with, most real with, upset with, say the things you probably shouldn't say with, right? Right? You can come to church, 
And if somebody here drives you nuts, you're probably never going to walk up and be like, would you just knock that off? You're not going to do that, right? Social cues tell us not to do that. But if it's your spouse and they're doing something that annoys you, you're probably going to have a moment where you say, would you just stop doing that? It happens. It happens. So there's power in the words that we have. They can bring death or they can bring life. That's what Proverbs 18 tells us. Proverbs 18 tells us that they can bring death and life. It's in the power of the tongue. Words themselves can have such incredible power over someone's life. I'm sure that if I asked each of you, what was one thing that your mom or dad said to you that shaped the decisions and the path that you took? There's a lot of people that I'll talk to that, I, I, that have said, yeah, you know, my parents, they weren't really like, they weren't encouragers. I never heard my dad say, I love you to me. Some of those things. And those things shape someone's life simply by not saying something. Or on the flip side, you all know my mom. She's the best. She is the encourager of encouragers every day. Every day when I, when I, hey, you look great, or oh, that was awesome, or she's still that way. She will send me encouraging text messages, encouraging, whatever it is, because that's just who she is. She is a builder up of persons, right? Why do you think in the five love languages, one of them is words of affirmation? Because there's so much power in the words that we share with people. That might not be your top love language, but I guarantee that if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, that's a really nice shirt. I really like that shirt. You're probably not like, oh, whatever. You're like, oh, I look good today. Right? That's what you think because words have power over people's lives. And not just words that we receive from other people, but words that we say about ourselves. Christ has given us authority. He's given us authority over Death in the grave, right? He's given us authority in this life. Why then do we allow things that we say to shape the way that we do, the way that we live? We need to understand that our words bring death and life. There's power in the tongue. There's power in the tongue. You know, one of the things, I, I know you all know I'm a Packers fan. Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, played for the Packers for years. Many, many times I heard him say, I got a chip on my shoulder. Not because he wanted to, you know, whatever it was. He had a chip on his shoulder because people told him he wasn't good enough. He had a chip on his shoulder because people said something about him. And what did he want to do? He wanted to prove them wrong. Because there's power in the words that we say. You could probably look at a ton of athletes that have said the same thing. I wasn't good enough. I didn't get a scholarship. They told me I wasn't tall enough or fast enough or whatever it is because they told them that. There's power in the words that we have. Words can have such incredible impact. And I say all of this to make you think, what am I speaking over my life? What am I saying about myself, about my family, about my kids? Am I speaking life about them or am I speaking death? Am I speaking blessing or am I speaking cursing? What is it? You know, I've got, 
You all know I've got four kids. All of them are different. Elijah, transparently, has probably been the most challenging. If he was sitting in here, he'd go, yeah. The most challenging of the kids that we've raised, right? He had this year-long phase of defiance. And we had a choice as parents what to say to Elijah. You know, obviously, we're, we have guidelines and we have, you know, boundaries in our home of things that are okay and things that aren't okay. But you're going to dictate the path of that child by how you speak to them, by how you correct them, by how you discipline them, by the things and the actions that they do. You're going to dictate certain things in their life. And in the moment when that child is sitting on the ground with his arms crossed after you've told him 12 times that he needs to do something, it is hard to not go, go to your room, ah, lose it, right? Your fuse is this short at, at that point already. But it's important for you to understand that what you say in those moments is so, so valuable, so important. Do you approach those situations with grace, with mercy, or do you approach them out of anger? Maybe that's not a kid. Maybe that's a sibling. Maybe that's a parent. Maybe it's a friend. Somebody who's let you down. How do you handle those situations? How you handle those situations as a Christian is an example of who Jesus is in your life. It's important. It's important. Proverbs 18.21 makes it very clear how you communicate, the things that you say, the words that come out of your mouth can either give life or cause pain. And why is it that sometimes it feels good to say things we shouldn't say? We've all been there. If you haven't, you're lying to yourself because we've all been there. Our flesh likes to do things it shouldn't do. And it's when we allow the flesh to take over instead of listening to the Holy Spirit that we say things we shouldn't say. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you He's going to hold you back and say, ah, maybe you shouldn't say that. If you disregard it and you say it anyways, the Holy Spirit's going to say, I tried to stop you. You didn't listen. You weren't obedient. He, the Holy Spirit, you see, we talked about this last week, He is our helper. What does a helper do? He helps. He helps take care of us. He helps make sure that we don't put ourselves in a position that is detrimental to the plan and the path that God has for us. And you never know the person that you blow up at work when they're going to be your boss. Right? Exactly, right? Like, I've, had, I've been in that situation. I haven't blown up at somebody. But somebody that used to be my peer is now my boss. Right? You ought to make sure that you are maintaining those relationships. You are showing the love of God. You are Christ in those relationships. Not just by what you do, but also by what you say. And that comes by being attentive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the right words to say. He's going to give you the right things to do. But we have to be attentive to that. We have to be attentive to that. We should be living every single day led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit every day. Every single day we should be led by the Spirit. So when you go to work, what are you praying? Lord, keep me from opening my mouth when I shouldn't open my mouth. Spirit, lead me, right? 
Show me the people I need to interact with today. Make it very clear to me the relationships I need to establish. Every single day we should be led by the Spirit. Now you can make that religious and go, Oh, I can't do anything until... It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is be in tune with what the Spirit is saying to you, what He's doing, how He's leading you, all those different things. Because if you are... Maybe you'll get into one of those precarious conversations with a sibling about whatever it is, and your flesh goes, oh, you need to respond to that. If you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to say, no, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Eat your words. Let it go. Don't allow those things to dictate how you respond. Because trust me, it's not better for you in the end. Now, again, I want, to, I want to make sure that this is clear. There is a time and a place for conflict. But there's a thing called healthy conflict. Done in love, done in the right way, where your words don't attack somebody's character, there is a time and a place for, for conflict. Jesus did it all the time. But there were very specific things that he would address. He didn't address somebody's faults or flaws he addressed it character things so if somebody was uh, let's say a, a pharisee he would address the, the issue that's in there but again too many times we see the log in somebody else's eye without looking at ourselves right we see everybody else's problems and feel like we need to tell them about their problems without looking at our own selves saying what do i need to get better holy spirit show me what i need to do it's important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit's going to lead us and guide us so those words that we have the power in the tongue death and life the Holy Spirit wants us to bring life to those around us right he wants us to bring life to those around us so he's going to help us do that bring life to those around us we're going to turn now to, to Matthew chapter 12 we're going to look at what Jesus says about this Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 35 uh, through 37. Matthew 12, verse 35 through 37. It says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Every idle word that you speak. Jesus tells us the words that we say matter. They matter. They'll either acquit you or condemn you. That's why there's so much power in the tongue. There's so much power in the words that we say. Jesus also says one thing. He says, the words that come out of your mouth is an indication of what? Your heart condition. The words that come out of your mouth are an indication of your heart condition. So if you hear yourself constantly complaining, constantly frustrated, constantly bringing things down or people down or situations down, you need to check your own heart. 
It is a heart condition. If you can't find joy, because remember what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you can't find joy in a situation, if you can't find something good to say about somebody, you got to check yourself. It's not somebody else's problem. This is your thing. It's your thing. Maybe it's a relationship you haven't dealt with. A friend from long ago that hurts you, that any time that person's name gets mentioned, you feel this like, ugh. You got a heart thing. You got to forgive them. You got to move on. But it starts with you. It starts with you. A good, good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. We all know that we got, when we accepted Christ, when we got born again, He gave us a new heart, right? We have the mind of Christ. But it's our responsibility to make sure that we align ourselves with that. So it's our responsibility to make sure that our heart is in the right place in relationships, in friendships, whatever it may be, it's our responsibility to check ourselves. You know, I think it's really important for us to understand no matter how hard you try, you likely can't truly change someone. A lot of people try really hard to change someone. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to give them step A to Z of how they can fix their life. There's podcasts galore that will tell you the same thing. But at the end of the day, somebody only can change if they want to change themselves. So trying to remind them all the time of all the things that they're doing wrong is not going to help them. It's not going to solve the problem for them. If Jesus would have done that, he would have had a failed ministry. You're this, you're that, you're wrong, you're, uh, all the things, right? He wouldn't have been successful. And as Christians, he's called us to be his examples in this earth. Right? Go out into all the earth. Share the good news. How do we share the good news? By making sure that we have it, we are, we are good here. Because you can't give something you don't already have. You can't tell somebody, hey, I've got this great, great news about Jesus, how he changed my life. And if you're like, I don't actually believe that myself. He wants to make sure that you are in a good spot here. His mercies are new every morning. He renews you. But you have to renew your mind as well. So it's important for us to understand that the words that we speak matter. The words that we speak matter. And it, 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 oftentimes when we say things that we regret, it comes from a place in our heart that is hurt. If you've got hurt in your heart, you've got to let it go. You've got to give that to Jesus. At the end of the day, let's say you have a situation with a friend or whatever it may be, and it goes sideways. You can't control how they respond. You can only control how you respond. And I would encourage you to respond in love, in grace, because that's what Jesus would do. He wouldn't lash out in anger and say things he shouldn't say because he understands there's power in the word, in how you Say things. There's a verse in the New Testament that says, the tongue is evil. It's filled with deadly poison. Because it is if you allow it to be. If you allow it to be. 
So we need to understand that our words have power. They make a difference in this world. They, they, they can shape things. Look at politicians. Look at a president of the United States. They say one thing wrong. People now instantly are coming after them for that. Maybe they misspeak, whatever it may be. People are coming after them for what they say. All they need to say, put another situation, president, they're in the war. They're going to launch a nuclear missile. All that president needs to say is fire. What happens? A lot of things happen because there's power in the words that that person says. They have authority. And as Christians, God, Jesus has given us the authority over this earth. So we need to be using that authority to speak life into situations, to speak life into our families, to speak life into our jobs, speak life into all of the things that are going on in our life. You know, I think it's also very important. And this is, this is how, as Christians, we can reshape the world, right? When somebody says something meant to attack you or offend you, how you respond is so vital. Look at how many times Jesus was attacked, questioned. How did he respond? Did he respond and say, you're wrong? You're, you're a bad person. I don't like you. No. Oftentimes, he would respond with either more questions or he'd provide a simple answer. I think in our life now, imagine how if you had a situation like that where somebody attacked you, somebody came after your character, somebody said, you're not great. And instead of getting offended or hurt, we blessed them. We said, hey, I'm sorry you feel that way. I just want to tell you, like, you're great. You're great. Whatever. I guarantee you that if you do that in that situation, that person's going to stop and go, what's happening right now? What's going on? Why are you responding? I, I didn't expect you to respond this way. And as Christians, we need to guard our heart. We need to guard our tongues. Because we are an example for Christ everywhere we go. And just as a reminder, when we are made new in Christ, the old self is what? It's passed away. Your old identity is gone. You are made new in Him. Not beside Him, in Him. So you know that your heart is made new, your mind is made new. Sin has been washed away. So as Christians, we need to just keep our heart in that place where we're connected to the vine. Last verse before I close. Uh, Romans 10, uh, verse 9. Romans 10, verse 9. Words have, words have power. Romans 10, verse 9. Many of us know this. I'll read it from the screen. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen, right? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to point something out to you, though. It doesn't just say, if you believe. What do you have to do? you got to speak it out. You've got to openly declare. You've got to use your words. You've got to use your tongue to declare that Jesus is Lord. You've got to speak it. Because there's power in our words. There's power 
in our words. The two go hand in hand. You've got faith. Use your faith. Activate your faith. Speak it out. There's power in the words that we say. Not only do you have to believe, but you have to confess with your mouth. With your mouth. You've got to use your words to say it. You've got to declare it. You've got to speak it out. You've got to announce it that Jesus is Lord. And how awesome is it that all we have to do to know and start a relationship with Jesus is declare with our mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord. And it says we will be saved. That's the foundation of our Christian faith. It's the foundation of our faith that if we openly declare that Jesus is Lord, if we speak life over that situation and we believe in our hearts that he died on the cross, raised again for us, that we will be saved. It's as simple as that. Sometimes we make it out to be a much more complicated venture because life is life and it's hard. But Jesus has made it very clear to us that all we have to do is believe in our heart that he died for us, declare with our mouth that he's the son of God and we will be saved. How cool is that? I just, sometimes it, it blows me away because it's really easy in our life to get trapped in this workspace mentality. I've got to do this, 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 and then I can get to that place. It doesn't say that. It makes it very clear here in Romans 10. All you got to do. And then you got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, to change you, to transform you. That's just the start. It's the start line. It's not the finish line. It's the start. All of that to say, there's so much power in the words that we speak. So I want to encourage you this morning. Are you speaking life or death? Blessing or cursing? What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over the, the, the life of your families? And that's not to condemn anybody. It's just to get you to think. What words are coming out of my mouth? And I am absolutely 100% talking to myself right now. It's really easy to complain. And I like to think of myself as a really positive person. And it's really easy to complain. Right? And I'm trying to teach my kids, as easy as it is to complain, think about it on the flip side. What is this helping? Even if it's as simple as cleaning out the pen of our guinea pig. Oh, this is really hard. I don't want to do it. What is it teaching you? It's building your character. It's teaching you hard work. Whatever it may be. Trying to look at things positively so that way you can't you don't even allow the root the seed of negativity to come out of your mouth life and death what are you going to choose amen